Hello and welcome to the Micron Podcast. I'm Sean Okimbalo. And compliments of the season to you all. It's a Christmas holiday looking bright from your end. Uh, what is your plan for the Christmas? May your holiday season be cheerful and joyful. It's been an eventful year and as the 2023 calendar is gradually fading out, well, news events are not slowing down. One of the developing stories getting my attention today is about a former central bank governor, Mr. Godwin Emefiele. Hmm. He's perhaps going to be one of the most searched, one of the most spoken about names or persons in the past months in this country. And the kind of money that's going to be mentioned tonight and the allegations are mind-boggling. The latest is that he has been released from the Kuje Correctional Center after his lawyers perfected his bail conditions. But hours before this development, Mr. Mefele has actually been in the news. There are new allegations hanging over the former CBN governor's head. The special investigator probing him says he and others embezzled billions of naira and committed other gross financial offenses. He was also accused of fraudulent cash withdrawal uh, of uh, running to about $6.2 trillion million and perpetrated fraud in the redesign of the Naira. MFLA was alleged to also have kept 548.4 million pounds in the United Kingdom. These are strong allegations leveled against someone who not only had strong economic authority but also held one of the most powerful public offices in the country if fate has allowed him mr godwin mefele may have been the number one citizen of nigeria i mean the president of the federal republic of nigeria well that politically speaking on one hand on the program, on the podcast today, we will look at the economic implications of the new developments in Nigeria's financial sector, and as well as dissect these allegations hitting the highest offices in the Apex Bank in Nigeria. Everyone, grab a seat, and let's get talking. Well, I try to break these issues down for you so you can make sense of it and i have brought uh, to to this conversation tonight uh, to speak on these and of course i would love to hear from you your comments your opinions your views and of course those of you who will be speaking on uh, x and all other platforms will be hoping to have a robust conversation at the, in the end there's one bottom line nigeria we it all belongs to all of us and let's get talking everyone after tonight a very senior lawyer and one who uh, will always love to hear his views on this kind of issues is uh, Mr. Liberos Oshoma, who joins us virtually. Thank you so much, Liberos, for joining us today. My pleasure, Sheryl. Thank, Thank you, you so much indeed. And of course, I have uh, uh, the partner and the chief economics with the SPM professionals and economists, Mr. Paul Alaji. Thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, thank you so very much. for. So when it involves big money, <laughs> either the one we are looking for on the one we, can, we, we don't have or the one we want to uh, borrow, we always call on you. Thank you so much, gentlemen. Thank you so much. It's a serious matter. And we're discussing this kind of money uh, in the Christmas holiday. Uh, Paul, I always think that Nigeria don't have money. But the kind of money that I'm hearing, <laughs> it doesn't look like uh, this. if the allegations have been affirmed and confirmed to be true, 
Nobody can tell me that we don't have money in this country. Well, Nigeria has money. In fact, growing up, we've always known that Nigeria is a country that flows with milk and honey. How can we say a country among the top 10 oil producers in the world don't have money? How can we say a country that is blessed in gold, blessed in diamond, blessed in all mineral resources don't have money? How can we say a country in which the richest man in Africa, some of the richest people in, uh, on this continent are living in, don't have money? How can we say a country in which we have huge and uh, robust real estate? How can we say such country don't, does not have money? We certainly have money. The challenge is how is our income distributed? The income of Nigeria, the revenue of Nigeria, the monies of Nigeria have concentrated in the pocket of very few. And they have used these monies to manipulate the majority of the population because they know that if they are kept poor, if they are kept backward, they will continue to show their seniority over them, while meanwhile, majority of our population will be backward. So if anybody says Nigeria does not have money, I can tell you, if you go to international airport, in spite of the security, because before we have these security challenges, you see more foreigners come to Nigeria, even though the number has reduced. But these foreigners are still coming to Nigeria, maybe to come and pick our gold, because the, the system is not structured, maybe to come and uh, exploit some of our crude, or to even come and do business in Nigeria. Why? Because World Bank, according to the last report, Nigeria has at December 2022, has 219 million people. We are not talking of one. Check the number in, in Tanzania, the whole of uh, Tanzania. That is, if you have Zanzibar, uh, inside Tanzania, that equation one uh, had the whole of uh, what's it called now, Syria alone into the population. In fact, Lagos, I gave it bigger than Syria alone. So when you put all of these together, that is the market Nigerian has. Unfortunately, those that we trust directly or indirectly by appointment of those that we trust, they've milked the country dry. And the country is not just right. Imagine somebody who has no protein who has no carbohydrates, you know, who has no vitamin. They've taken the vitality, they've sucked the economic vitality of Nigeria. I call them economic vampires. They've sucked the most important ingredient that can make our nation great nation. Wait, how much was spent to build Burj Khalifa? $1.5 billion. How much are we talking about when you convert all the money this investigator is talking about? Perhaps some people have distributed the windows in Burj Khalifa at the doors, the elevator, the, the all the things you have in the Burj Khalifa that should be in Nigeria, they've spread it in over 500 banks. I'm the one. I'm not the one that said so. The investigator appointed by Mr. President is the one saying this. So we need to understand the quantum of what we are discussing as a nation. Mm. Uh, uh, Liberals, because we've not even gotten to the meat of the matter, and I'm already getting goose pimples. I, I have some cousins and some nephews who are perhaps looking forward to feed on and some of their own lots as citizens of nigeria because if if someone said why are we going up and down this money we could have we could actually share it over everyone if we are 219 yeah, million in nigeria if we give each person one million naira, <laughs> that's 219 million that's inflation <laughs> <laughs> that's over 200 yeah, percent that's inflation. what an average person will say that he doesn't have money to feed mm. but you're talking about so many why can't we just share this money and everybody go around to but if taking the money that belongs to that my little cousin and my little nephew who do not have hope of feeding 
They've taken the ease of our own share away. Liberals, I, I just wanted to get your initial view about the poverty in Nigeria. And when we are talking, the headlines are talking about this big money. How mind-boggling do you think this is? Um, Show. If you can hear me, I am not impressed. Uh, I'm not impressed in any measure at all. Um, the children who are less than um, 16, 18, you know, maybe 20, can be impressed with um, all of these allegations are mind-boggling. You know, when you hear one person, you know, starts away. 500 and something million pounds. Ah, you think, uh, oh, yes, 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 yes. Oh, Nigeria is waking up. No, I'm not impressed. And she will, I will tell you why. After this jamboree, what happens? The man is on bail. He has perfected his bail. He's gone back home. And I know his house will be a beehive of activity from this evening and tomorrow. People will be visiting him. He'll be receiving calls. His village elders will come visit him. His community people will visit him. Um, his village chief will visit him. And businessmen who benefited from him while he was in office will come and say, you see why we didn't associate with you publicly. We wanted to do this X, Y, Z. Some persons will go to Mr. President to beg on his behalf. The courts, the windmill of justice will grind slowly. Senior advocates of Nigeria will be falling over themselves to defend him. <clears throat> Some judges will be mentioned as compromise, compromising the matter until this government goes. And then another government will come, and then a new CBN governor or a new minister or somebody else will be investigated with the same mind-bungling allegation. In 1983, um, Ovie Whiskey was... Um, alleged to have uh, stolen two million naira two million naira and the man said if i see one million i will fence today one million naira is changing a war girlfriend from national assembly members um abacha didn't know when to die if abacha didn't die when he died A canoe who was organizing two million man Now, um, Sabiu, Tunde Sabiu, the um, nephew to Mohammed Buhari, is richer than some states because you know he's um, still around the corridors. Nobody's mentioning his name. Um, and there are so many people today who were mentioned alongside, you know, with Abacha, who are playing very vital and economic uh, important role in government today. You have governors who left office and been facing prosecution since 2003, and who are stakeholders, who are senators, who are, you know. So that's Nigeria for you. So it may... Stone. Can you hear me? Is a Mephile Stone? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. A Mephile probably didn't know when to throw in the tower and maybe run to London or America like Giziani 
and um, maybe he would have been there now studying one leadership course and then maybe subsequently beg the president that he wants to return to Nigeria. He wants to come back. Unfortunately, that's why Nigeria is a country, you know, with so many multinationals, rich men, but poor people. Church, the country, like uh, my colleague has said, the country with the richest churches, the richest um, man in Africa and the rest, because public office in Nigeria belongs to nobody. Everybody in government today was at some point a critic of previous governments who told us how everything, you know, should be done well. But unfortunately, in government today, people, you know, people are still complaining. Unfortunately, they are in government today, some persons are still accusing fingers are still being pointed at certain persons for collecting bribe for contract, bribe for appointments. And maybe when they leave office tomorrow, they'll be like a Mephili. So until all of us, and that's why government, people see government office as opportunity to, to chop. So I can bet you, a lot of people also have been praying for you to get appointment because they think, oh, this man should go and make money. Because people believe that government appointment in Nigeria is not to serve, but opportunity to make money. Yeah. So until we see appointment as opportunity to serve, and everybody, not just an emefele, or not just an abacha, but everybody, irrespective of the position you hold, the moment you leave office, you are taken into account. Political party, immediately after election, you show us your, um, what do you call it, statement of account to say, this is how much we receive. This is who brought this. This is who donated to us. This is how we got money. And this is how we spent it. And so the political party is going to be transparent. Until we start from there, mm. all of this will just end in a jamboree. Look yeah. at shamelessly. When Emefele was in detention, you saw how the DSS and the correctional services were fighting over his custody. How did the correctional service know that they are going to grant him bail that day? Is something for another discussion, a discussion for another day. Money talks in this country, and that's why people will steal and still become relevant. Honorable. If you are a Nigerian, either you are living abroad or living in Nigeria, you're a civil rights activist, you're a lawyer, you're an active citizen, and you are not angry after this conversation today, then you have a problem. We all have a problem. If after this conversation and these figures that we're going to mention and you're a right-thinking Nigerian and you think that our nation is all right with what is going on, because if this continues for another four years, we cannot find, we will not be able to find a country called Nigeria again. I bet you with you. Because the kind of figures that I'm seeing in the manner in which this country is going, if three banks are involved in some of these shenanigans, there's a problem. Let me take a look. Let's take a look at some of the issues. The investigator, that's uh, uh, Jim Obaze, had come up with uh, at least 17 allegations. And in that report, and there's, those will be asking, what, I mean, uh, Mr. Oshoma is a lawyer. You look at the, the case the federal government took to court against Emefiele. And those who will say, uh, with all of the noise, so these are the charges against the Mayfield. Uh, I mean, that's a conversation for another day. And if this, all this investigation and all this report is there, so why are you filing those kind of uh, charges against the man? 
if you have the bulk of all of this, let's take a look. What are these allegations in the first place? Let's break them down for you. The investigator came up and said that there were situation of unauthorized funding of five hundred and ninety three bank accounts located in the UK, the US, and China. There are fraudulent cash withdrawal of 6.2 trillion, I mean 6.23, uh, 6.23 million US dollars from the CBM vault under a purported approval of the president to pay foreign election observers. Hmm. Gross financial misconduct by the ex-CBN governor and at least 13 other individuals, including the deputy governors. 543.4 million pounds are being kept in fixed deposit by Mr. Emefele. These are part of the allegations. Manipulation of the Naira exchange rate and perpetration of fraud in the e-Naira project of the CBN. The Naira the redesign was neither recommended by the board of the CBN nor approved by the then president. The CBN printed the new 200 Naira, 500 and 1,000 Naira notes at a total cost of 61.5 billion Naira out of which 31 billion Naira has been paid to the contractor. The report went further to say that uh, the sum of 1.73 billion on questionable legal fees related to the narrative design, 205 million, uh, 205,000 pounds was paid to a UK firm for narrative design effort, positioning of watermark, presence of QR codes, different numbering style, and other complex security features. Fraudulent use of ways and means to the tune of 26.67 trillion. Fraudulent intervention programs. Fraudulent expenditures of COVID-19. Misrepresentation of President's approval on the NIS SI Stabilization Strategy Limited. Pardon of former President Buhari's approval with 198.96 billion, approximating to 801 billion naira to 1 trillion naira. No approvals are received from the former president and yet 500 billion was taken and debited to ways and means. Former CBN governor and four deputies connived to steal outrightly in order to balance the books of the CBN. No approval for the breakdown of 22.72 trillion presented to the Ninth National Assembly to illegally securitize the ways and means financing. I've read out some of the outcome of the report. But look, if we start to pick on all of those things one after the other, we will not live here today. But let me ask a question that is bothering my mind. Mr. Paul Alaji, is this how powerful the CBN is? Is it that the CBN governor and his deputy, they have so much power that nobody checks them? Well, the allegation, if found to be correct, only reveal how weak President Buhari was. It's not about how powerful the CBN former CBN governor was. It's about how weak the president, uh, when he was the central bank governor, how weak. That is all I could see. So in a senate crime, there was no way possible on earth that the CBN will go on with this kind of allegation without the president knowing. There is no way. And President Buhari cannot totally exonerate of the day. Let me get, uh, I've seen a few answers, and I'll begin with Osasu, uh, my very big brother, Abayuana, uh, is on the X, and I'd like to get your view, I mean, uh, on what is going on. Does this give you a headache like it gives me? Uh, 
good evening, Shem, and good evening, everyone. First of all, let me say compliments of the season. Even though it has been, it has been uh, an extremely traumatic time for Nigeria. I mean, for I mean, Shem, I I I went back to Nigeria in 2009 because I I lived in England for most of my younger adult life, and I came back to Nigeria in 2009. Uh, this year has been the first year since 2009 that I have been out of Nigeria for the majority of the year. I mean, I'm back in London now. I have to tell you that uh, the kind of economic degradation that we have seen between May 2023 and now is nothing less than hyperinflation. When you have a situation shown where people were buying medication for 2,500 Naira in May, and in November, December, they are paying 20,000 Naira for the same medication, or where the famous augmentin, the, the antibiotic, is being sold for almost 60,000 Naira, when people were paying 2,500 or 3,000 Naira for the same medication. It tells you the state in which the country is. Now, we have been talking about what NFLA has done and what he hasn't done. Um, my learned colleague, Liboros, I think you have said the things that need to be said. And uh, Mr. Enefele did not do any of the things he did alone. And if that man should speak truth concerning everything that happened, I would tell you he as a party will, if, if, if we had a country where there is the rule of law, the, the party will collapse because there will be no major figure in that party who has been involved in government that will not have a case to answer. Now, let us address what uh, my uh, friend from SBM highlighted. The country is spending 98% of its income on servicing debt, which means the country is effectively bankrupt. I'm sorry for us to be discussing Nigeria in such dire um, miserable terms, you know, at a period where we should be happy and we should begin to, you know, enjoy the season. But this is the reality. If you are paying 98% of your income on servicing debt, it means you have no capacity for um, infrastructural development. You have no cushion to manage any emergency situation. You are bankrupt. And yet, it is in this type of situation that we saw members of the government going to Dubai and having a jolly good time. And these same people are going to international financial institutions and asking them to borrow us, to lend us money because they do not have the funds to balance the books of the country or even run a government. How, I mean, we, how have we gotten to this pathetic and miserable state? It is very clear, I mean, and I'm sure uh, my friend from SBM will, will agree with me, 
that there has to be a, a debt payment rescheduling because the country cannot survive this. He's even saying that if things continue like this for 12 months, the country will collapse. It's not going to be 12 months at this rate. I'm telling you, it won't be 12 months at this rate. It will be shorter because we are really, really in a very desperate situation. The country needs a breather on debt repayment. And I don't know how they are going to negotiate that. This is something which former President Olusha Gumabasanjo did in the early 2000s, got the majority of Nigeria's debt wiped out uh, before the end of its term in 2007. And now, 16 years later, we are not only back to where we were, where we were before he came in 1999, we are now worse. Shem, you always tell me that when I talk about Nigeria, I'm always very angry, very upset. I'm, I'm, I'm amused to see now that you are also as angry as I am. But these are the things that we have been saying for many years. You know, when a president, the former president, Muhammad Buhari, was being re-elected in 2019, I will never forget when he was having uh, an interview with Kadaria Ahmed at the Hilton in Abuja, and she was questioning Buhari on issues. And every time she would be expecting an answer from Buhari, it was the vice president, Professor Shivajo that will step in to answer. To a point where she now had to tell him, uh, Vice President, I didn't ask you these questions. I asked the president and let the president speak for himself. The truth of the matter, as everybody has said, President Muhammad Buhari, for the eight years, he had no idea of macroeconomic policy. He doesn't have the constitution to, to, to sit up and do the work that is required to do the job. There are many things we can say about former President Olusha Gombasanjo, about his character, about some of the dodgy things he may have done when he was president. But if there was one thing you couldn't take from him, he sat down. He, when he was in the office, he was in the office. Mm. And you, you, you could not just pass any papers through President Obasanjo like that. He will read his papers. He will call those who are responsible for preparing the papers, and he will ask them questions. And if they don't start, he will not approve those, those, those papers put before him. But now we have found ourselves in this situation. I really don't know. You know, there are some certain things I really don't want to say on this show because <laughs> they will be very incendiary. But the truth of the matter is that the APC should remember that President Tinubu is not an opposition leader taking over from an opposition leader. He is a president who took over from the very man whom he helped to put in office eight years now ago. And the party is now in its ninth year of managing the country. So wherever we find ourselves today, the APC as a party must take full responsibility for where we are today. Mm. All right. There yeah. is no avoiding it. Mm. Oh, thank you so much. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that the headache and the anger is going around um, because I think we need to get angry to the point that we, we start effecting change as citizens. I think to a large extent, we've had 
two um uh two laid back citizens there you have it there's a lot to unwrap as weighty and damning as these allegations are the nitty-gritty of how such a large-scale financial crime was perpetrated under an administration is still unknown mind-boggling it's giving me a lot of headache and it has been established this is not a first or the second time an allegation of fraud involving highly placed individuals has been raised what has ever happened in such cases does the sitting government have the guts and the political will to prosecute everyone involved top to bottom all of these are happening as the economy continues to take the heat swearing public debt year-on-year -year inflation unemployment figures rising every day and other key economic indicators are looking ugly and without being a prophet of doom no clear-cut solution in sight the naira keeps losing form and growing poverty in the land i can't go on and on but christmas season is upon us everyone not like the problems are flying away but let me allow my audience to reflect on this for now i wish you a wonderful christmas everyone enjoy your holidays thank you all for being part of this conversation i'll see you next time i'm sean wakimale bye for now thank you for joining us on this edition of mike on podcast with shayono kimbaloi Mike on Podcast for the independent mind.